Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 88 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hoverton, and who's scared of the dark with me tonight? Uh, Drift in an Ocean of Darkness, Michael King Hughes. <laughs> uh, I'm Jeff Glines. <laughs> yeah, we never tell anybody that we do that ahead of time. So don't feel bad. <laughs> I mean, whatever gets you through. It's part of an ongoing joke. <laughs> Before we get too far, uh, Jeff, why don't you mention where people might know you from? Yeah, you might know me from uh, my podcast with two of my best friends called You Hate to See It. You can find uh, find us on any podcasting platform and all social media at Twitter at Y-O-U-H-8-2-C-I-T and then just You Hate to See It on anything else. And I was on that show actually not too long ago at the time of this recording. Yeah, it was a good time. We got to nerd out and just be ourselves. It was great. And I even have um, your other buddy Nick on one of my episodes that has not been released yet, but published. Or not yeah, published, but recorded. Maybe, maybe it never gets released. Maybe it just, <laughs> maybe it just disappears into the ether. And we all talked about Green Arrow and how we both like Black Canary a lot. I think that went on, if I remember correctly. <laughs> She's really yeah. hot, that freaking comic. Okay, yeah. that's not why we're here. Um, <laughs> before we get any farther, one thing I want to give a quick shout-out to, another podcast called Nerd Radio, N3RD Radio. He does a 12-hour podcast on Sundays where he streams, and he... So, and he talks about pop culture, movies, video games. So definitely check him out if you're looking for a lot of hours to fill. And you might be working on a Sunday night and you need something to do. So definitely check him out. There will be a link in the show notes for him. And Ashley, Mike, this is, this is kind of your pick. So why don't you introduce what we're talking about tonight? Uh, we're playing 2010's Alan Wake. <laughs> and there will be spoilers for Alan Wake's game. So you hadn't played it yet. Go play it because we're going to dive deep into the story. We're going to talk all about what's happening and spoil this, this great game. So if you if you do care... You have been warm, but it came out in 2010, so it's 2020, so that's up to you. Enjoy the show. I'm so, so happy you picked this. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really excited that you guys brought me on for this one, because it's a game that I've always wanted to play, and I never, I've never looked into it. Like I've never watched any gameplay of it or anything, and then, yeah, you asked me to play it, and I was like, hey, I finally have a reason to actually <laughs> sit down and play this freaking game. This, this show is really good for that, I'm finding out. Like, we're kind of half-planning out the next season, and... I got all these games like, oh, I've always wanted to play this. Let's just put it on the show. That way I have to play it. Yeah, it, it's great, except when it's not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except for except for those games that uh, you just don't really want to dive into again. Yeah, we've done a few really bad ones on this show, and I'm just that, yeah, I never want to play again in my life. But for the most part, it's been great. So most have been a ton of fun to play. Alan Wake was one that like we were kind of brainstorming with this for Spooktober. Oh, yeah, this is the first week of Spooktober. <laughs> 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 I was supposed to lead with that, but so yeah. unceremoniously. Yeah, I'm. It's been a long fucking week. What can I say? <laughs> I mean, October, my favorite month of the year. Yeah, we're doing seven weeks of Spooktober with seven spooky extras, so fourteen spooky. So you get plenty of spooky this year. I've started uh-huh. affectionately referring to it as Spooktember and Spooktober. I was gonna say, if I am correct, there are not fourteen weeks in October, but I guess <laughs> hey, twenty twenty, anything's possible. Well, we so, we do two geez. episodes a week, so that's why. There's seven regular episodes of Spooky Games and seven episodes of other stuff. A couple spooky comics, a couple spooky movies, and spooky mini games or spooky smaller games that are mini episodes. Oh, I like it. Most are recorded. Into those. Everything recorded, but one at this point. But okay, <laughs> nothing inside baseball. So Alan Wake, like I, I can't. I think we kind of brainstormed this one together. But I, I fucking love this game. When it first came out, before I even knew a whole lot about it, I actually bought the collector's edition of this game. And anyone who knows me, which I don't know if I said this on the show, I don't buy any game like new. I don't really buy anything collector's edition. I only, I always buy games under twenty dollars, and I buy them cheap. <laughs> and I bought this the day it came out. And I don't know why. What came in the collector's edition? A book. Oh, nice. Oh, 
It actually comes with a book. It, it, I don't remember what else. It came with a few other things. I don't really completely remember anymore because it's been a long time, but it did come with a code for w- the first DLC that didn't come out right away. Did you get The Departure, the book? Is that what the book was called? <laughs> I don't remember. I cannot remember what the book was. It might have been Departure. Hmm. I mean, they, cool. they wrote the whole book in this game. That the, the I mean, More or less, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, so for those that don't know, this game is made by... I think, Cameron, do we say it's made by Remedy? No, we haven't. Okay, it made by Remedy... Remedy. Which I don't might not mean a whole lot in 2010. I don't know if they did any. Oh, they did Max Payne game. What the hell am I saying? <laughs> I forgot they did Max Payne. So they would have been known for the Max Payne series, at least one and two at this point, because yeah, they didn't even do Max Payne three. The collector's edition came with a game disc and a box with unique art, exclusive in-game audio commentary, and hints by Remedy. The Alan Wake Files, a 144-page book compiled by fictional character Clay Stewart. That includes the FBI dossiers on Agent Nightingale, soundtrack, code for the Signal DLC, exclusive Xbox disc with special content. I can't yeah. wait for us to get into the uh, Nightingale thing, because for me playing through, he seemed like he didn't fucking need to be there. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Okay. cool. So it wasn't just me. I was like, definitely don't think he was needed. <laughs> no, that's just for the whole, we want the police to chase after you because you're a bad guy type thing. That's all. True. Mm-hmm. So this game, I had forgotten how this game starts off very, like, unsuspecting. Like, you're just, you're, I want to say, does it start off where you're on the boat? No, it starts in the nightmare. Yeah, you start off with the first nightmare. It's been two weeks. (laughs) Actually, it starts off with the word Stephen King. Like, they want to get that in there right away. It's like, hey, we got some Stephen King references in this thing. Well, it's inspired by that. Oh, yeah. Okay, I I forgot that it starts off in the nightmare. He references him immediately and then quite a few more times. Yeah, like literally the first spoken words are Stephen King. I didn't know that. I'm not against it, though. Stephen King's great, so. Yeah, I mean, they, they reference a lot of authors, and I, and I knew some of them, but I didn't know all of them. Yeah, that mostly comes from Nightingale, where he wants to call Alan by a different author every time he sees him. Yeah. Because he's an idiot. <laughs> I, I don't like him. We'll, the, we'll the, get there. The character that carried this entire story. <laughs> he's, yeah, I he's, okay, the night... I forgot about the nightmare because the nightmare kind of like you, you keep having this light that's talking to you, which you're dreaming. But I mean, it plays such a big part. Mm-hmm. OK, I completely forgot about the whole runs of the lighthouse nightmare crap. Oh. Yeah, I mean, just a basic tutorial level, but also has quite a bit of story in it. Once you get through the game, at least it had a tutorial, you know, otherwise someone might hold down the square button when they're trying to shoot a blaster <laughs> and not realize you're supposed to tap the button. But you never know. <laughs> hmm. yeah, listen to last week's Star Wars episode. It just got published at the time of this recording. <laughs> but I, I really like the boat. I don't know why, but there's some reason when you're after the nightmare, when you wake up and you're in the car with your wife and you're on like this little ferry going to this little town and they're, they're just I, I really like it. She's like, she's like, Alan, go over there and I'll take a picture of you. Like there is something about how just normal everything is. And you're talking to this this guy from the radio station and he's like, oh, I thought I recognized you, Mr. Wake. Like everything is just I really love this intro. I'm not so crazy about the lighthouse, but I love this part. <laughs> I love the nightmare. You get introduced to uh, the over narration of Alan pretty much describing everything throughout the entire game. Like, it never felt out of place. Like, you always have something to listen to. Yeah, I mean, that. I, th- I think the boat took a little too long after a while. Because after, like, at least when I played it, I don't know if maybe my game, like, glitched out or something. But I felt like I was on that thing for way longer than I needed to be <laughs> afterwards. Because, like, the, the talking ended 
she said get in the car <laughs> i went over and it didn't give me the button prompt to like get into the car so i was just like is there a way i'm supposed to get into this car specifically <laughs> or but yeah no um it was a cool intro the thing i like about this game a lot is it's one of the few like horror games that like has color in certain areas like you're not just in darkness all the time with like the horror music and everything but like they actually have nice color like during the daytime and like they actually put effort into it and i really like that they do put a lot of effort into it for the little amount of time you're actually traveling around in the day yeah but it makes the night so creepy like anytime it gets dark out you're like oh fuck here comes (laughs) shit and there's so many little things in this game that don't make sense, right? Like, you wouldn't have so much more meaning than you realize. Like, early on, after he gets up, when you go to the diner to go get your keys, and there's these two old idiots that play such a big part, they're like, you know, that are acting all stupid. They're like, what the? Go put a lime and a coconut in the jukebox. Or they tell you to put the jukebox on. I can't remember, but it. Yeah, it's it, like Odin and I can't remember the other guy's name. Tor. Without Tor. the H. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Odin and Tor. Yeah, no. That, that's I, a. That whole segment in the diner is really funny. Like, I you like actually it. spend the time in there. It's actually really fun. And that's another thing. Like, everybody talks in this game. Like, you, if you stand there long enough, you can just listen to tons of dialogue, which I don't do. I just run. <laughs> <laughs> I like it that it's there. Like, I, I had to go hit the jukebox just because when they tell me to. And I, I'm like, I think. And then I, I love it when it started playing. Put the lime in the coconut. And <laughs> the like, that's the dumbest ass song in the world, but it's funny. I just love <laughs> when he gets called out right afterwards. He's like, God, and you call yourself a rocker and you pick this song. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, perfect. Uh, I, those, those are some of, those are two of my favorite characters. Easy. Like, I really like those two. I, I like everything about this game, actually. Like, I, I love the characters. I love the fact, cause I, when I was younger, I wanted to be a writer. In high school, I wanted to be a writer. That was my goal. I wrote a novel at one point that doesn't exist anymore. And I had all like this plan to do more. So when I was playing this game in 2010, graduated in 2006, it even and that at that point my son's like three or four. I'm kind of you know that that world has passed me on. But playing this made me feel like it was exciting for me because I got to kind of you know to see in the writer's head in a way. It's funny we've actually never talked about this, but I wanted to be a writer too for the longest time. And when this game got announced, and I heard that you uh, you collect pictures of a manuscript that describe the things that are happening as you do them, I was immediately sold like day one. Nice. I did not know that. A fun fact, I did not want to be a writer when I was growing <laughs> up, and I still don't. Yeah, I love writing. I don't write anymore, but now I talk. Yeah, now I talk. I kind of gave up on it. But one thing interesting, like, also with the diner, I should say, like, just, like when you go in the diner, you have that one girl who introduced, you know, who's like, oh, Mr. Wake, and she recognizes you and everything, and he's trying oh, yeah, to... Yeah, she's got the uh, the cardboard cutout right next I love to you. That. That's Rose Marigold. I, I, really, I think that's a really cool touch, that she has that there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I used to have a cardboard cutout of Resident Evil 4, but those things are so awesome. <laughs> I don't anymore, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, we, water. We meet, uh, we meet several characters in the diner. We meet Rose, who works there, and then Rusty is the one of the local sheriff people. Or no, he's the ranger. Yeah, he's like the like yeah the forest ranger or something for the area. And uh, we mentioned the Anderson brothers, and then as you're go, you're the whole reason you're going into the diner is to get the keys from Carl Stuckey for the cabin on the lake, Lake Cauldron. Actually, the keys aren't for the cabin on the lake, aren't they? No, the keys that you were supposed to get were for the cabins that he rents that are because there is no oh, cabin. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. The keys in the darkness, taking a piss in the bathroom or whatever the hell he's doing. When you go to the when you go in there in the dark because the lights are out. 
a woman starts talking to him all in black, gives him the keys and tells him to go to the lake. And then when you leave, you see Stucky run out and go, you forgot your keys. Okay, that makes more sense now. Yeah, he was never, she intercepted him because there's a part in the end of, I think it's the end of episode one when he's trying to, before he meets his agent, when he's running through the woods, which we'll get to in a second, that's when he runs to the apartments or the places he was supposed to rent the cabin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But it, it, it does such, I mean, this game, one of those games, like I played this game now three or four, four times. I beat this game two years ago and then I beat it again. And I beat it twice before. Like it, it, you pick up on more when you when you know where the story's going, and you played right. it not too long ago. I, yeah, re- I read the novelization at one point, but I can't remember anything from it. I mean, the more times you play through it, like because the first time playing through, you're not paying attention to all the little details. You're paying attention to the gameplay and trying to get through the levels and not die. <laughs> there's there's a lot to this game though. Like just yeah, and just that whole thing. Like when they go to the lake and they introduce you to, and you're talking to Alice's wife and like. All that and how Alan Wake is kind of an asshole. Yeah, a little bit. My wife's like, like, why does she put up with this crap? Like, he's such an ass to her. (laughs) uh, Alan has writer's block. He's a famous writer and he hasn't been able to write anything in two years, I think. Yeah. Alice kind of brings him here to hope that it sparks interest. She brings brings his old typewriter and all that and he just goes off on her. So pissed. While she's half naked, like, what's wrong with you? There's a lot wrong with him. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we definitely get into that at some point. <laughs> it, it is interesting, though. Like, it's, I mean, it even shows him being an ass more than that. Like, he gets all upset about the typewriter storms out, and that's when the darkness takes over. Like, one of the big keys about this whole game is that there are often times in the story where everything goes dark, and then bad things start happening. And and she's terrified of the dark, so when the, when the lights go out, she starts screaming at you to go start the generator. Yeah, because when you're in the diner, you meet Cynthia Weaver, who is... Oh, yeah. Becomes a huge part later on, but she even warns Alan that bad things happen in the dark. And that's We're kind of this time. the basis for the rest of the game. See, because when I like was playing through this, I originally thought that this game was going to be based around... I mean, it kind of is if you really go into depth about it. Based around... Uh, I can't remember the... Hold on, let me look it up real quick. I need to remember the name of it. No, um, Nectophobia. The fear of the dark. Like, oh. the phobia of the dark is like... Because phobias are all about... uh basically taking a fear and making it like irrational mm-hmm. to where like you can't live everyday life with it. I thought that's basically what the game was going to be around with like the fact of the darkness and stuff. And I guess it really is if you look at it from that perspective. And that's what I thought the end game was going to be, but I was wrong. <laughs> Alice has it for sure. That's mm-hmm. he storms out of the cabin knowing that she won't follow him into the dark. He's an asshole. Yeah. yeah well. <laughs> that's going to be a theme. I think in this episode, <laughs> You're an asshole, Mr. Wake. Oh, I got them all, but uh, it, it it does grab me like that whole scene. And then he runs back in the house with the dark and he has like this dark presence talking to him. And I think I don't remember if it shows you at this point what happens. Or I think or does it just like fast forward? He sees something in the water and dives in after it, assuming that it's Alice. OK, that's what it was. Yeah, here's her screaming. You run to the dock. And doesn't the game cut for a while, if I want to say? Yeah, he uh, he wakes up after that in the car, the car crash. Yeah. That when I first saw that, that really grabbed me. Where all of a sudden you're here, and then now you're just in a car crash. Like you don't even know what the hell's going on. You know, nobody knows what's going on. The player doesn't. You know, Alan <laughs> doesn't. You're just here, and I think that's a really great way that it does it. Oh yeah, and it's not explained for a long time of how oh, he got there. It happens 
more often throughout the game too like that's kind of how they get you into mm-hmm. a couple of the different chapters is like all of a sudden you're in a completely new spot completely different time and you're just like wait a minute wait wait uh i'm completely lost now and then he's like i'm confused and you're like great we're on the same page <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know what the fuck's going on either and and we, we should talk about the like so the way that this game kind of plays is a big mechanic with light and dark that the enemies you're fighting are invincible until you destroy the dark that's on them like i, I guess they're supposed to be people who are being possessed by this spiritual being that then turns them into what's called the Taken, which is like mm-hmm. just evil bastards that want to kill you. Yeah, I love the, the mechanics of the fighting. Like you have to burn away the darkness using the flashlight or a bunch of other different light Flares. sources throughout the game. Flash and then, Flares. yeah, like like Mike said, then you can shoot them. And it's, uh, it still feels awesome. Uh-huh. I like it. I don't like the shooting mechanic, I guess. I don't like that there's not like an aim down sights very well. It's like trying to like, because if they're a little bit farther away th- from you, you have to like try to get that pinpoint of the light because that's where you're gonna hit. It's made mm-hmm. difficult, if, but if you hit left trigger, it tends to zoom. It tends to lock on them. Huh? Yeah, didn't know that. No, yeah, whenever you do left trigger, the light uses more battery, but it will lock onto enemies a little bit. It's not obvious, but that's what it's doing. Oh, okay, I knew it like became stronger if you held it. I didn't know yeah, it but it, locked it, it on locked. them though. Yeah. <laughs> if you hold it down, you shoot. You'll hit them every time as long as you're aiming within the vicinity of them. I play this game in a very Mike Alberton way where I try not to use, I try not to use up batteries for whatever reason. Same. <laughs> so like I'll, I'll do the, the zoom light for a little bit, but I'll just let it burn away normally with just the normal light as much yeah. as possible. The, most of the game I was maxed out on batteries and yet I still <laughs> didn't want to use them. I played it on easy cause I just wanted to get through the game. That's a better obviously. way to play it. But I, yeah, I didn't. I was like, I always had the max amount of batteries and just barely ever used them. I actually use the batteries in this game. I hoard everything else, but I use the batteries pretty well. Oh, I, I was lot, always maxed out. I had a lot of fun with the guns this time around. I tried to to branch out a little more. The guns are good. You get a rifle, a shotgun, a better shotgun, a better rifle, and then you get a flare gun, which I would, I would, my problem is I kept holding on to all my ammo, <laughs> and this game all the time goes, oh, he fell oh, off yeah. the helicopter, oh, there goes the ammo, oh, he fell off the tree, he fell off the boat, there goes his ammo, like. Yeah, but there's, they give you so much ammo, at least on easy, it's everywhere. Yeah, it is. Um, Not on Nightmare. Based off what you just said, it is at the beginning of every single, like, <laughs> new segment of the game, he's like, Oh, and I don't have my revolver. I'm like, you should like get a wrist strap for that and just <laughs> have it attached to you because I'm real tired of having to find weapons. At least for the flashlight, like it sucks getting the the high powered lantern flashlight and then having to go down to the little dinky pen light or whatever it is. Yeah, and and one thing that I really did love, like a small touch, is like when you fight the enemies because they're all regular people. They all say this random shit in a really low oh voice, God. and I like that. Carl Stucky's still my favorite. <laughs> Carl, Carl Stucky. Yeah, they're creepy. I don't like horror games, but I fucking love this game. I love the way it messes with your head early on where you don't know what the hell's going on. You're just fighting these random people who are trying to kill you. I mean, and then you find out the story progresses. These are all real people who just yeah. went missing in the woods and stuff. And like, it gets weirder when he starts finding the manuscript pages that, like I said before, they dictate what's happening or what's going to happen. Uh, he wrote the story. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he finds the title page right at the beginning. It signed Departure, which was what he was going to call his next novel that never came to be. The manuscript pages are like among the best collectibles in games, I think. They're so cool. Oh, here's one of the lines that they say early on in the game. 
I never touch salad, though. A man like me needs a hefty meal to get through the day. And that's fucking <laughs> Carl. That's Carl. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Fucking Carl. I, I love, like, I just, and they all have random, like, Stucky's kind of like the first boss, in quotations in a way, that can't mm-hmm. really have bosses. But They just have, like, main characters that become Taken, I guess. Yeah, kind they of... seem, to, seem to be a little stronger than the normal guys. And they Stucky, was, Stucky was probably the hardest thing I fought, honestly. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. He's one and of those I, those taken that kind of zoom around. Yeah. Oh, I, hate that. I love when enemies come at you, like all of a sudden the screen where the camera will fly back and show like all these people just coming after you. Yeah. Oh, I, oh. I love the it. Cin- I loved the like cinematic little like in fight stuff, like the in fight cinematics were a really nice, cool touch. Yeah. And even before that, the, the darkness kind of like builds up and starts to just swell over and move around all squiggly like it's really cool i could probably describe it a little better than that <laughs> it's like a tornado of black kind of yeah or a fog of black i guess i guess writhe would have been a better word but yeah i don't know we'll get to it but i will tell you guys my least favorite like enemy in this game and we'll get to it but <laughs> there's some there's a couple parts that i i overall i love this game there's a couple parts but just like the first chapter I think it's a great introductory chapter where you're just you're confused, but the game is giving you enough ammo, it gives you enough, you know, batteries. You, you don't you have enough equipment to do what you have to do, and the enemies come at you sparsely enough as you're traveling through these things, trying to hit buttons, and the whole time you're just trying to get to a gas station to use a phone. And I and I mm-hmm. love that. That is all you want to do is just like I just got to get to the phone and call somebody. Yeah, That's you get really your uh, your Energizer lithium batteries. <laughs> and your Energizer flashlight, they have to tell you throughout this game. There's Energizer, there's Lincoln, and there's Verizon. And you will see those product placements all the time. There's another yeah. one. The GPS is, is a product one? placement also. Yeah. Verizon <laughs> it's not as giant billboards in the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's not like a picture of it. It's literally just the Verizon logo on a huge yep. builder billboard. And I'm like, oh, huh. Subtle. You gotta know. You gotta know who's building up that uh, wireless network. The reason why you, the the reason why you can never reach anyone on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the middle of nowhere, so I have AT and T in it. I can. It works all right. But I, it's just like it's so interesting. But I don't feel like this is a great, you know, advertisement for Energizer because your battery keeps dying all the time. So exactly. Yeah, when when you will it to make it brighter, I mean, it's gonna burn it out faster. I haven't okay. tried that myself though. I don't think it will work in real life. <laughs> pretty sure it will not so another thing i want to mention with the first level like i i do love how like all his goal is is to get to the damn gas station to make a phone call i think that's a really good intro to a horror game and this is a horror game i don't care if you people want to say oh i'm not that scary it's all i was getting a little tense a couple times like there was one time my wife came out and said something i jumped when i was playing this game so this <laughs> game is tense like that's not a horror game yeah it's just not as survival horror yeah, yeah it's not it's not outlast or anything but Thank God. <laughs> I think a huge thing that for me makes it a good horror game is it's not the fact of it not being like Outlast or like Until Dawn or like any of the newer ones. It's like it's not gory. Like there's no blood. Mm-hmm. No. There's no like limbs flying off. Like, yeah, you're using a weapon, but like there's no blood. Those things like they disappear. Like they just dissipate when you kill them. Like there's no gore. I, I, I like that. I, I like oh, yeah. how everything the darkness and it's very hidden. But it's still creepy. Like when when you start hearing, you know, people talking, and you and all this weird shit start happening, it gets it gets creepy real fast. I love the way they like burn away when you kill them. Same. They just yeah, they disappear. Like this game grab you know the story grabbed me right away. But like in the beginning of episode two, 
because he had called the cops. Or no, episode two begins after they call the cops in episode one. And it's a flashback to him in New York. And again, he's being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Not as bad as he is later, but he's kind of an asshole. Like, there's a part where the lights go out and he has to go hit the fuse. And again, you know, showing more of how Alice is really terrified of the dark. Yeah. And we get the uh, the foreshadowing to the clicker. Oh, yeah. that's in, Is that in the beginning of this little part? Mm-hmm. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, he gives it to her. Yeah, because oh. you check the fuse box, but it turns out it's just a power outage. So they light all these candles. And he's like, well, here, I'll give you this thing that my mom gave me. He said that it's a special item that'll burn away the darkness when you use it. Okay, I didn't catch that. I should have caught that, because I, I did not catch that. Oh, and then this game does have a bunch of odd collectibles. Like, we mentioned the manuscripts. There's also coffee thermoses you can collect for no reason. <laughs> and there's also radios you can turn on that will give you information of what's happening. And there's also TVs you can turn on, too, that will give you episodes of Night Springs, Twilight Zone. Man, every time that thing starts, all I can think of is Futurama's parody with the scary door. <laughs> yeah, so no good. About. And there's also the uh, stacks of cans that you can shoot. Uh, not when your graphics are all the way at the lowest setting. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, and it wouldn't happen. I'm like, that's weird. I thought I could knock these over, and I realized I had my settings at the lowest I possibly could so the cans won't fall over when you shoot them. Interesting. Weird. Hmm. And then I guess the... The, che- the hidden chests are collectible, too, since there's an achievement for it. Oh. Yeah, they just give you more ammo and lithium batteries. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay occasional that. flare gun. I love I mean, the fucking... I don't use the flare gun because I keep saving it, then I lose it, but I save it anyway. I like collectibles that do things. Like those, like you said, the, the coffee thermoses are completely useless. They, they serve no purpose. Hey, this was 2010. Achievements were a big deal. Splatterhouse came out in 2010. It has one of the best collectibles in games. I'm, I'm not going to go into it, but, oh, okay. but if you know, you know. I do not know. <laughs> I'll tell you after the show. Oh, I, okay. <laughs> I, I also, like, in, in episode two, there's, because he's in the, he ends up, you're at the sheriff's office because you call the cops, and I like the fact that for a little bit, you're running around during the day, and everything's normal. They're like, what the hell's going on? They're all confused, and again, you have no weapons anymore. Everything, you're lost your flashlight, because apparently they take away your flashlight, too, when you get arrested by the cops, I guess. So. Well, I mean, they take all your personal possessions so you don't get locked up in a cell and beat someone to death with a wallet somehow. But you're not even in a cell. This is true. I mean, you're not even arrested. You you just leave with your agent. Oh, and I have that same jacket as Barry, by the way. Oh, even before that, when uh, the Sheriff Sarah Breaker shows up, she takes Alan to the lake because he's like, well, we're in this cabin on the lake. And she's like, there is no cabin. There's no island. So Take she takes minutes. him there and sees that the lake's completely empty. I must have skipped that cutscene. It's right at the end of chapter one. Yeah. And then it's mostly that he's so confused that she takes him down to the station to okay. file a report on Alice, I guess. I think I skipped that thing because I don't remember any of that this recent playthrough. Well, I think she also takes him because with the fact of him not having the keys to the actual cabin yet and him saying he was on this cabin, like he doesn't really have anywhere else to go. And this is and OK. And then they introduce in this one, Barry joined. You meet up with Barry, who is his agent in this game. And I was like, kind of making the joke. Barry wears this big orange puffy jacket, and I realized I have a jacket just like that, <laughs> which I might take a picture. Of Barry's point. the Barry's the quote unquote comic relief to the to the game. Yeah, he's a New Yorker who. Are you in Maine? Uh, I think so. Sounds so right. That would, if it's based off Stephen King stuff, one hundred percent, he is in Maine. Okay, then that, that probably fits. I mean, we don't have a new, any New Yorkers on. I'm assuming the other guy <laughs> that we we podcast with is <laughs> from New York. We'd have to ask Bill. Yeah. And I mean, Maine's right. I mean, like you have a city boy and you're out in the middle of fucking no- a bumfuck nowhere. <laughs> More or less. 
I mean, it's bumfuck nowhere. You have to take a ferry to get to town. You're in the bumfuck nowhere. I don't care what what people say. Well, I think I also think it's Maine because, of, like, what I said with Stephen King, all Stephen King's book, not all, but a large portion of his books are based in Maine. Like, it, Derry, is a fictional like place in Maine. Like, pet cemeteries in Maine, I believe. The, Was he uh, from Maine? I think that's where he ended up living for okay. a while. According to the uh, gospel that is Wikipedia, it takes place in the small fictional town of Bright Falls, Washington. Oh. Oh, Twin wow, Peaks. they win. So, opposite corner. Mm-hmm. That, okay, that makes more sense than why he's really out of his place then. Man, that's a long that's a long trip from New York they, to Washington. They also drove. <laughs> oh, geez, they did. Yeah. yeah, but I guess when you're unemployed, what do you got to worry about? He's got all that Alex Casey money. True. That's it, his it's, book it's series. It's a cool moment. Like, and you also have, like, this. I have forgotten this whole story arc that starts off for a couple chapters, like two and three, where... He gets a phone call from a random guy who says he kid has has Alice. He kidnapped Alice, and that as long as he cooperates, he just wants all the manuscript that you've been picking up these random pages, and then he'll give you Alice back. That's yeah, kind of an odd thing. Yeah, but I feel like it make it's a good like twist when we get to it because it makes it feel like everything he's dealing with is like a mental problem because you're like, well, I'm fighting all this darkness, but an actual person just took her. Like this is weird. Yeah, you see, I, I came into it knowing where the story was going, so I didn't catch up. I didn't think that, but good way to put yeah. it, though. I think in the narration or in the manuscript pages, Alan even questions his own sanity because, like, this stuff is so unbelievable. Yeah. yeah there's some, and I, I like that part where you go, so you meet the other guy, Rusty, you see at the at the diner, when you go, you get your keys from him for the cabin, and then that night when you're heading to go meet the kidnapper in the middle of nowhere... Rusty ends up getting murdered by the darkness. There's a pretty cool damn scene where the darkness just kind of rips through and destroys everything, ends up killing him too. And then you have to, I, I, I like that. And I like how it makes you kill NPCs that you meet. Like you talk to a guy and then it doesn't take long for the darkness possesses him and you have to kill him. Mm-hmm. But there's no body, so no one knows you're a murderer. <laughs> the true no. the, the serial killer way. Because if, if there were bodies, then Alan Wake wouldn't be leaving that jail cell. <laughs> <sighs> So he uh, he confesses all this stuff to Barry, and Barry's like, "You're insane. We, what are you <laughs> doing? We got to get out of here." And it's not until he's going to meet the kidnapper that some kind of earthquake happens, and Barry's like, "What was that?" And Alan's like, "Oh, that's just me going crazy, Barry. Don't worry about it. Like, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. I wish you were, but you're not." <laughs> and that's where like you finally get the sense of like, "Oh fuck! Like shit, this is real." Like, <laughs> Bad shit's going down. Oh, yeah, but it is is—it is so good. Like, I, I know a lot of people complain and say that this game is very repetitive, and it probably is, but I never felt like that. I never had a problem. I, I was always ready to go to the next area. I was always ready to engage with the next event, the next enemy. I didn't have any problems like that. Yeah, I mean, you do spend a lot of time just walking through the woods at night. Yeah. But, yeah. Especially in Chapter 2 and 3. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Chapter I 2 say. is long. Like, that's where you're... Go, trying to get the Mirror's Peak to meet the kidnapper knight. I can't remember. Do you meet him? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you uh, you defend yeah, the uh, the viewing platform while he's unlocking the gates and stuff. Oh, or he won't give you your gun because you lose your gun again. Mm-hmm. This time in the middle of the level, though. Which <laughs> <laughs> is real rude. I mean, it's a little... In- like, I thought it was interesting when you're, you're talking to this guy on the phone and you're completely chasing. And this is also the first time... Or one of the few times where other people are seeing what you're seeing because he's fighting the Taken with you. Like I thought that where he does, you have the flashlight but no gun. You have to burn burn the darkness off so he can shoot him and kill him because he won't give you a gun. I think Alan even references that. He's like, you can see him too. It's like, of course I see him. 
it's kind of that confirmation that he's not really crazy. For now. Yeah. Well. <laughs> the game's going to trick you in a little bit. I don't remember all of it. I just, it wasn't, I mean, it does get a little annoying running to Lover's Peak, but I still had no problem with it. Not in this chapter. Yeah. And uh, the kidnapper is actually the other guy on the ferry at the beginning. He's at the other end of it. you don't have to see. Mm-hmm. If you don't go to the back, like I didn't this time, I didn't even notice him. I but, never I never went to the back, so I didn't know he was on the ferry. Yeah. You can but Alan him. still does because it's in one of the manuscript pages. It's like, I recognize the voice. He was on the ferry with Alice. It, it's oh. interesting how it does that. I, I like that. It makes you feel like, as you were saying before, that it's not a supernatural threat. It's something real to kind of throw his brain around. And I, I can't remember exactly when you meet him, if how you lose him or what do you get tossed off the. No, you don't get tossed off the deck yet, but you guys get separated somehow. But I can't remember what happened. Uh, you definitely go over the edge somehow. Don't you fall? No, that's the chapter three over. end yeah. after the mine. Yeah, because uh, they fall and Alan grabs the gun and the guy takes off. Okay, yeah. that's what it was then. I don't remember how they go over the edge, though. Uh, fight in darkness or something? I would assume so. Sounds yeah, it's probably like darkness it. monsters, I would just say. and then, and But it, it gets interesting. But I, I, And then Chapter 3 is when things really get fucking intense, though. Oh, even yeah. before that, like, you got the chainsaw guy for the first time. Which... Dr. Salvador? <laughs> I just managed to, to corner the guy. I just dropped flares and cornered him against a wall. And... I really like flares. Oh, yeah, flare. I use flares like mad this playthrough. I never realized how awesome they are. They're so useful. I also never realized until this playthrough you can hold them. Oh, yeah. I always just drop them. Well, like, yeah. if, you, if you're trying to get away, that's the best way to do is drop one as you're oh, running. As I'm watching a playthrough as we're talking, you know, chapter two ends, like you said, with you getting, you know, getting his gun. You guys get separated, you get attacked by Taken, and then you have to get into a car and drive back to Barry, and you have another boss fight, in quotation, that you can't see me doing. Where you fight the crows. Yeah, and the uh, the drive oh. back to Barry gave me a lot of Alone in the Dark OE vibes. Yeah. Like, the driving is so much better than that game, but it instantly reminded me of that. Hey, Mike, with me moving means I'm going to find <laughs> my copy again. We're going to play yeah. it. See. It won't be until next Spooktober, so. Aren't you excited to replay that wonderful game? No. I'd, I think game. I said that I'd rather play it than Bounty Hunter again, so. Yep, I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> I, I like the driving this game. Though. I, I, it's simple enough. You hold down a button to shine your flashlight or your headlights that then end up killing enemies and they just blow up. You can run them over. Like I, I have no. I think the driving is just fine. Oh yeah, so uh, the taking is like the best thing. Yeah, I, I think my why I like the driving so much is because it makes you feel more powerful at that moment. Because oh, most yeah. of the time it's you running from them and stuff, and then now you're in a vehicle and you're like, ha ha! Now I get to <laughs> run you over. It is kind of the best feeling in any kind of horror game where you feel empowered, which is usually the opposite of the entire game. That's why Dead Space isn't really a horror game. It's a horror yeah. game. <laughs> Dead Space is a horror game, but I haven't, actually, I haven't played through them at all, actually. I only played the beginning of the first one and then gave up on it. But yeah, no, like... Missing out. No, no, I know, I know I am. They're good. I have them all. I just need to actually sit down and play through them, but... You're... One and two are great, from what I remember. Three's yeah, I've, yeah, I heard three's like fine. It's not like a huge letdown. It's just different, I guess. It's just not as good. Yeah, it's not two. So yeah, that's just the problem with that. But we'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> later, the spooked over. But yeah, you fight the you fight the crows, the bird swarm. Uh, one of my <laughs> <laughs> they're annoying. Uh, 
This is there's not a lot you can do. <laughs> it's like there's yeah, so there's, many of them. And it's like I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Flares, flare gun, yeah, flare gun, flare gun, gun is burn. super great for them. I hoarded it, and then I lose it at the end of this at the end of this fight. <laughs> but I hoarded anyway because I'm stupid. Yeah, there's no sense in hoarding in this game. I do it every time. I it wasn't until episode four or five. I'm like, stop hoarding, Mike. Stop it. Just use <laughs> the damn items. Like. I just it's just how I play horror games or how I play most games in general, especially horror games. I, I hoard everything to save it for later just in case I need it. And it doesn't you shouldn't do it in this game. And also during the time you're trying when you get to Barry, that's when the kidnapper calls you again to tell you to meet him in some mine in two days or something. Yeah, and then Barry gets a phone call from Rose and she sounds fine. Oh, I love this. <laughs> like how they like, fall for it? Yeah, how do you not notice this normally chipper girl is completely monotone? It's like Hello, Barry. I have your manuscript. Will you please come here and meet me? Like, I don't get it. One of the back to the uh, he calls you about the two days. Originally, he calls and he says he wants you to finish it and bring him the last of it. In a, oh, and you're like, give me a you're like, I, I don't have time. I need like a week. And he's like, you get two days. <laughs> and you're like, awesome. <laughs> I mean, you're never going to give it to him anyways. I don't know what he was so upset for. Yeah, I mean, True. we. We find out the kidnapper wasn't even supposed to do that, but we'll get there when we get there. The kidnapper, was he hired by somebody else? Yeah, we find yeah. out that before. Yep. Okay, that part is missing in my head, so we'll, we'll get there soon. But chapter three, I think, or episode, what they call episode, but I like the way episode three starts off, where again, it's norm- more, you know, everything is kind of normal again. It's, it's daytime, and you go to a trailer park. Real quick, meet up with Rose. The, the confusion there with chapter and episode, it bothers me so much that. They paint up the the in between the sections as a TV show. It's like previously an Alan Wake, so they call them episodes. But the whole thing's about books and writing and stuff. So why are they not chapters? Because they're inspired by Twilight Zone, also. <sighs> and Twin Peaks, like you said. Yeah. Oh, heavy, heavy Twin Peaks. And I've never, yeah, I've never finished Twin Peaks, but I never will. Everything I know from Twin Peaks has been references from other media. Wait till we play Deadly Premonition. Yep. I, I do like the trailer park when you go there and then the guy's like, oh, she's a nice girl, pays her rent on time. Like, that's not what we <laughs> asked her. Like, that's not, but that's a basic, like, landlord thing. I could see some guy, you know, especially some old, like, redneck guy, you know, out here in the trailer park and that's what he's saying. Like, I completely can see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it takes you on a weird route, but. Yeah. It takes the long way. It definitely feels like one of those small towns where everyone knows everybody kind of thing. Oh, yeah. 100%. And it's interesting. Like, what do you want? And he just takes you to her cabin, like, no like no problem at all. Yeah, here's the trailer. Here, here, you know, what do you want to do with her again? Yeah. You guys trying to uh, sell her into human trafficking or <laughs> you guys here for the census? What's going on? Uh, he does call the cops eventually. Pretty sure. quickly, though, too. No, it's not until, you know, because they go in there thinking that she's got the manuscript. She's like, here, have some coffee. Or, I'm sorry, here, have some coffee. And then they. They both pass out because she drugged it. Yeah. You think after everything has already happened to them in the first two days, I'd be like, no, I'm not thirsty. I'm okay. Let's just talk. <laughs> you need coffee to stay awake. Yeah, Alan, Alan wakes up and it's night again. Like, you have so little daytime in this chapter. And she she's fucked up, too. Like, you see her in the corner, sitting on the corner, like, just rocking back and forth to show how damaged she is from what the Dark Presence did to her. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of assume that it's left her by now, but yeah, she's she's messed up afterwards. Because, uh, yeah, it says in the manuscript pages that she can still, she's still aware of all the things the darkness is making her do. So, yeah, I guess that would leave a mark on you. You think they would have picked up on it, but they don't. <laughs> you would think. 
It's almost you know, like they had a story to progress. <laughs> yeah. And then this is when and he calls the cops on them because they never left. And I want to be like, why are you calling the cops just because they never left? Like, it could have been anything. Like, it's just weird to me. Yeah, Maybe I, she's into orgies. <laughs> you never know, but it's like, it ain't your business. Exactly. Like, but it is It is a small town, and they would be like, well, I know Rose, and she was four. Well, they also, I'm pretty sure, like, at that point, he would know that, like, he's, like, a visitor from, like, out of town, too. So I guess that would kind of make it. Yeah, I think it's uh, in one of the manuscript pages where he talks about how he doesn't like these city folk and how they've been in the trailer for hours with this nice girl, and that's why he calls the cops, because something's definitely up. And that's where we get <laughs> into the oh-so-wonderful main character should have been the lead FBI agent Nightingale. <sighs> this, I don't, I mean, he just starts shooting at him, which again, in 2010 and 2020 are two completely different things. Still, but also he shot at him as he was standing behind the owner of the trailer park. <laughs> Like, that dude almost yep. got hit by, like, three bullets. And, like, I remember in 2010 not thinking anything about how he just opened fire, but now after, and, and now that we're in 2020, I'm like, hmm, this wouldn't have been in the game. This game was made in 2020. Yeah. And Nightingale almost shoots, like, three or four innocent people throughout this game. Yeah. Terrible. And, and I, I do, like, we kind of, jo- I think we joked about it earlier, where he keeps calling you different authors' names, too, throughout this game. <laughs> like, Steve, like, just different, I think, I think they're horror authors, I don't know. I know Stephen King, I don't, I don't remember the other ones, though. There's H.P. Lovecraft, I know for sure. Well, that's a, just a racist, but does it he ever, was I mean, I'm super sure it fucking does. racist, by the way. I'm sure it does at some point. Does it explain why he was brought in for any reason? <laughs> yes, in, in the manuscript, it's in the notes somewhere in the stuff. It never told you straight out in the game, it's in other things. You have to seek it out. Okay. Yeah, because I never really picked up on why he was there. You can go to his. You can go to his motel room at one point, optional, and go and find stuff. And there's stuff you can read in there. Mm. I did not read it, but I know it's in there. I, I saw it. Went. Oh, look! Click, 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 click. Got battery. Let's go. Time to go. <laughs> I don't give. I, I go in everywhere and look for items. I don't give a shit about notes. I just played this game. Yeah, items that you don't use. Yeah, <laughs> but I gotta have them in case I need them. But chapter three, like when you're running from the cops and you have no gun and no flashlight again, because you know if you get drugged, why would you pick up your gun and flashlight? Just get the hell out. And you hear these cop cars getting thrown around. You hear the cops on the radio just getting murdered. Like this is this is as dark and I I love this beginning part. Like it is so intense in, in episode three. Yeah, and the helicopter gets taken out by the crows. Like yes. two hordes of crows. Yeah. And they're looking for you. I mean, they are real. And they're like, it's his fault. Like, you think he's controlling. <laughs> he took out a helicopter. Not like he's shooting. It's and, and they mess up. Like, there's so many police force, too. Like, they take out a lot of them in this little park. There is an awful lot of cop cars for this little town. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, there's probably sheriff and, like, the forest preserve and the, like, town cops. Which yeah. would, if, from... Because I'm a law enforcement major. My degree is in law enforcement. Oh. Um, I would assume in that general area, the amount of people that they could have got there that fast with an FBI agent probably totaled up to about 15 people. <laughs> <laughs> so, and there's no way in hell they got a helicopter there that fast. <laughs> just just off the fact that he just ran. I guess if everybody brought two cars, they might have enough to, to fill out all the ones we see in this game. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of carnage in this opening beginning part of this episode. Yeah, and you keep fighting these cops too because as you're you find out that they end up they're like the taken that you're fighting are all these cops like you have a speeding ticket. 
Like it's and all. So I mean, essentially, everyone just goes missing. And there is a part. It's a very small part. But when you're in the beginning of episode two in the police station, you can see a sign which is a bunch of missing posters on on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's very subtle, but it's there. And they look like actual real people too. So I wonder if they like won a contest or something to get their picture in the game. Um, probably or maybe something. it's that, or maybe developers or people that worked on it. Uh, yeah, could be. Remedy does like to do that. I mean, <laughs> Max Payne is just what's his name, Sam Leg, the yeah. the main dude from Remedy. It's, yeah, it's all them. It's just like even when you don't have your flashlight, the game still finds a way. Like there's a couple parts where they make you fight when you have no flashlight, no gun. You well, not fight, but run for your life while people are trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. I was not a fan of those parts, but it does do it. Use some flares. But I was trying to save them. But yeah. I <laughs> it, well, you saved them, and now they're back there. So yeah, go back pretty much. There. And it's just like chapter three is really fun at first. Like when you're trying to get to the radio station, I like that part. But then chapter episode three just goes too damn long. It really does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you get to the radio station and I, I love how and again, they get there way too damn quick is all I could think of. So you get to this radio station and the guy's on the air. Like, oh, look, I have a special guest. I see Alan Wake came down for an interview. And within like two minutes, <laughs> they show up. Well, I didn't, even, I didn't even piece that together. And that's why they show up because Pat yeah. just like gave you away. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I guess if you think about it logically, it could have been people that were still following him that weren't taken yet. Could have been radioing it in where he was heading, like yeah. what direction. And also, with it being that remote of an area, that's the only way, pro- like, place on the, the like roadway. So they're probably just like, hey, like, he went into this part of the woods. I mean, like, the only thing he can really run to on the road would be here. So, yeah, it could happen. Yeah, but yeah, no, their, their response, Nightingale's response time was a little fucking fast. <laughs> He's like, there's someone here I can shoot at. He starts shooting at Pat Main. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's the part that like angers me the most. It's like <laughs> this dude just opens fire on everything. <laughs> yeah, because you start talking to him, and right as you start talking, you just go in there. He says you're there. He opens the door. You start talking, and then Nightingale shows up and just starts shooting. <laughs> and for oh. the people who haven't played, like, it's not like he's in there with you like shooting he's outside just shooting through windows like what if he caught a glimpse of something wrong and just like domed that radio host in the head like this is all because he thinks that alan had something to do with his wife's disappearance oh is that what it is more or less yeah yeah is that said somewhere i think it's when he's introduced oh okay i didn't pick up on that i mean there's more backstory like you said or apparently he had a partner they got taken by the darkness and then Nightingale Star had nightmares, and he saw Alan in his nightmares. Huh. I'm probably uh, the darkness trying to lie to him. But if you're wondering, so. if it's a missing person, you still don't just shoot said, <laughs> like, suspect on the side. If I kill you, she'll, she'll show up. God, Mike, works. That's how it works. Mike was right. Fucking playing this game in 2020 does fucking change things. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has said I just kept thinking that. I'm like, oh, this is a lot darker. Like, I mean, I know they're not what they're going for because 2010 wasn't, you know, we, we wasn't like that. But that's all I could think of. Is it is it a uh, bad boys where the chief's like, we're not going to go by your your method of shoot, shoot some more and shoot, shoot some more and try and ask questions once everyone's dead. Something like that. <laughs> That might be, I'm not, I've never seen Bad Boys. Really? Uh, I have. It's been a real long time, though. It's fine. And, like, one thing throughout this game, they do a lot. They have generators you have to start, which is, like, a little quick-time event, because, you know, it's 2010. Those didn't bother me. I, I like how you find random power truck, 
or power company trucks parked in random places and you find random life just put around that don't make any sense until later on in the game you find out who's leaving them for you. Yeah, he even mentions that they're not so random. He's like, well, this is awfully heavy equipment for just being out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so there must be say, a reason. Yeah, I was going to say, also, he does bring that up at one point. Multiple times, I think, too. Yeah. Episode 3 should have ended at the radio, but the whole thing, like, where you're after you escape the radio and you're trying to get to go meet the kidnapper at these mines, like, that's a fucking long-ass time. And then when you finally get to the mine, which is during the day, and you sit in the, and you sit and wait for him, he never even shows up and tells you to go meet him somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, but he also doesn't even give you a courtesy call in a decent amount of time. He waits until it's fucking dark outside. Yeah, it's gonna be nighttime. Supposed, you're supposed to meet him at noon, and he calls you at like seven p.m. <laughs> and that whole thing where he starts like breaking the chair and everything when he gets there and just starts breaking things. I'm like, okay. And then he sends you to go meet him on some random mountain. In the middle of the night, we have to go through the mines, and this kind of just felt like padding in a sense. Oh yeah, for sure. I I could have done without all this section. Most of this chapter felt like padding. Yeah, yeah. Even when you get to, like the kidnapper, and you're and I and I think it's when you're fighting things with the kidnapper, and I, I think it's like the darkness takes the form of a tornado. If I remember. Yeah, correctly. you don't fight alongside him in this one. As you're getting to him, you hear him oh. screaming, pleading yeah, with the darkness, like we never had her. Yeah, this is the part where you find out that. Alice wasn't kidnapped. Okay. I do got to say, though, the mines were fucking creepy as hell. Right. He get, he becomes a Taken at this point, though, doesn't he? Don't you fight him here? Or no? Am I thinking of... Maybe I'm thinking back wrong. I can't remember. I, can't I don't remember either. Saying. You might. I mean, I just remember you end up jumping off Mir's Peak and end up in, 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 like, in the water. Yeah, without your flashlight and stuff again. Yeah, again. And this yes. is one of the most... Like, episode four is by far my favorite, but also has one of the most, like, what-the-fuck moments in any game that I, that I can remember playing recently. So after you jump into the water, the game just... You just wake up in a room in in a, in a lodge with a locked door. You don't know where the fuck you are. You don't know what's going on. There's a typewriter, and you're just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't talked about Dr. Hamilton yet. It's no, part, of which... the, part of the reason why Alice chose this town is because Dr. Emile Hamilton helps artists... He claims to have a mental instability of some sort. Well, there's actually quite a bit of backstory to it that we probably should have gone through. In the like first chapter, yes. you realize that because when you're at the cabin, you look, you can look up and you see a lodge, and people can't stay there anymore because it's privately owned. And you find out that he's the one that privately owns it because he is like rehabilitating all these artists. And then also when you're Episode two, when you first get to the sheriff's <laughs> station, when you come back from getting Alice's ID from the kidnapper where he left it, he's there and he's telling you like, oh, like, this is what's wrong. With, like, you should come stay here. Like, I can help you with your problem. Then Alan Wake just decks him in the face. Yeah, because he's like, did you talk to my wife? He's like, yeah, I convinced her to, to bring you here. And he slugs him. <laughs> yeah, it's... He's one of my least favorite characters, especially what you find out about him a little bit later in this episode, I guess. Well, I guess yeah, not you... even a little, it's not even a little bit. It's pretty early on in this episode. But this part, this part of this episode is where I literally pause, like stopped playing the game for like, I was like, I'm going to stop here for the day because I have no idea what the fuck's going on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. And you're meant to. You're meant to have that what the fuck is happening moment. Like it and it's a good moment. Like I I from vaguely I remember when I first got there, I was like, what? Was none of this real? Was he all just hallucinating this whole time? Because Hartman starts telling you, Oh, you were just making this up. You had a relapse, this happened, just let's talk. And you're walking and he's like, Alice is dead. 
she died in a drowning accident. You haven't been okay since then. You've been staying here with me. We're trying to help you. Like I, it's really interesting to, to have this take on it. And it really does make the player wonder, are you just, is Alan just insane? Yeah. And then two years later, the darkness too did the exact same thing. It did. Yeah. There's in, the, the, in between chapters in that game, you're in this like mental hospital seeing all the, all the, yeah, it's a good game. I played it. I beat it. It's good. I don't remember it existed. You keep bringing it up on the show, though. <laughs> I'm sure I'll play it sometime. Probably not the first one, but second one. I own it, and my collection will be on a bookshelf at some point, so I will be able to. <laughs> so I, I, I like all this with Hartman, where Alan's kind of like, you know, you, you know, when he's narrating the story, what's happening, and the inner, dino, the inner dino, dialogue, I don't know why I couldn't think, I was say, kept saying dialogue, uh, is where he's like, I just got to play cool because I don't trust this guy. Like, there's something wrong, but if I start trying to question him, he's just going to lock me up, so I'm just going to play mm-hmm. cool. And I like that. Like, that's that's the way that you if you're in a situation like this and you're not sure, don't start attacking and like in like in a horror movie. Like, oh, I'm not crazy. Jason's trying to kill me. Like something like that. They wouldn't just be like, let's just play cool. Let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think is very interesting about this part, when you get he sees a compass, he sees something that mentions Thomas Zane. Uh, the, the Anderson brothers call him Tom, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nobody's heard of Thomas Zane. It's that people in this town know him. But like Barry made a comment earlier, how to like Thomas Zane never even heard of, never heard of him before. He says that he goes looking in the library and he comes, he comes across the name Thomas Zane. Talks about how he's a great writer, but he couldn't find anything by him. Which okay. I thought that was weird that 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 piece of information was left. But we'll get there. I I, I guess because this town wasn't as affected because this is where it originated from. Yeah, it could be. Because, like, the lamplight lady knows who Tom was and remembers Tom, where other people still remember Tom also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they were, it wasn't, it was just erased from, like, the world outside of this town. But I want to say that Sheriff Breaker says later on that he was a myth. Huh. Uh, she also probably would have been too young to be there when he was alive. Yeah, that's fair. I guess the people that were closest to him probably remember. She better. also wasn't raised there, because later in the game you find out that her dad was a cop in New York. So she's oh, yeah. not originally oh, from yeah. there either. So she would also probably, like, if she'd never actually met him, then she probably also thinks he's a myth. That makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And I, I like this beginning of episode four, like where you're just walking around the place with the guy and then you I meet f- the Anderson brothers. I like all that. I think episode four is probably my favorite episode, except for a fight we'll get into later, but Soon. everything about episode four and especially the farm, I, I absolutely mm-hmm. loved. I loved it so, so much. I thought it was a really <laughs> cool. I thought it was a fun comedic touch to a horror game, but still during that time, you're like still like, fuck, 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 fuck. I don't want to yeah, die. Everything with episode four, like the whole, like when, when, when shit hits the fan at the, at the, uh, at the building that you're in and everyone gets massacred. The few, the only two employees that work there get massacred by the darkness and you just start, having to escape and you get your flashlight and your gun and you're just like going through a hedge maze. And then that there's also a, he has like the guy's the big orderly. He calls a gorilla that's with him. That ends up being like a mini boss that you have to, you have to take out too. Mm-hmm. I really like any escape. Like if you end up, I think the Anderson brothers tell you to go to the farm and the yeah. farm will have the, will have the secret or something. I think they say something like that. Yeah. yeah. The, the Anderson brothers yet again, probably the, the best part of this entire game, honestly, like oh, yeah. they're like, yeah, you find them in there and they're like telling you like all this stuff that you now believe, but everyone else thinks they're crazy. And that's probably why they're in there. Other than the fact that you find out later Odin yeah. or yeah, Odin was crazy enough to like scoop out his eye or whatever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You find out and uh, there's, I can't remember what it is, but there's something in the, on the farm that specifically 
tells you that like he went like while they're like doing something with like their rock and roll music and like their moonshine business he like thought he was like a god or something and then like tried to scoop out his own eye oh. <laughs> and that's that's, that's why he has like an eye patch that might not be it word for word but it's something along those lines and it's just out there and stupid and it's like yeah it makes sense <laughs> at least yeah. they put a backstory in for why he has an eye patch i didn't catch that that's cool, so, though. is this where we find out what hamilton was up to with his lodge, mm-hmm. uh, like, do we? I want to say yes. I want to say you figure it out here. Yeah, because this is where you put him at gunpoint in the in his office, right? And that's yeah, where, where he, find he, out. he keeps he keeps trying to bullshit Alan. He's just like, okay, that's enough. And Hamilton's like, well, it was worth a shot. And then, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think he spills that the the lake has some kind of supernatural power that brings artists. Uh, art to life, in a matter of speaking. Because, like, Tom Bazane was a poet, the Anderson brothers were musicians, and Alan was a writer. There's also a painter in there, because uh, he's, yeah, like, yeah, looking yeah. that one dude's paint, and all of his paint is of the darkness and the Taken. Yeah. It's it's good. Like, I mean, you do, yeah, you do realize he's using all these artists and stuff, and he's just using their work to make money off it, essentially, I think, too. Yeah, he's trying to, to shape reality to his liking, more or less. Well, the shitty thing is, is it's not like he's even shaping reality into a good way he's not like (laughs) trying to like take their creative stuff and like make it into a good light and make it better place like he's just like yes (laughs) fuck everything (laughs) a super villain that just wants power for the sake of power it's it's all the the more satisfying when alan traps him into the room with the darkness murder (laughs) moment too like that was what i'm like you are not a good person mr wake at all i mean hamilton's not either no, but still, like he just leaves the guy to get killed by darkness, and he goes, and like you said, he smiles when the, when you hear him <laughs> screaming. I'm just like, I don't care what the hell the guy did, like let him get killed, but don't you are the you pretty much murdered him just because you didn't do it. You tossed the guy in the in, into a into a into a in something that's gonna kill him. It's still murder, you know. That's all I took. Yeah, well, do what you <laughs> like, do. That's okay. When you're the hero of the story, you can do whatever you want. True, include <laughs> but, kill a bunch of missing people. Yeah, well, yeah, but they started it. <laughs> I do like when you finally get the car with Barry, you're driving to the farm, and I forget what happens, but your car crashes or something again? Uh, during the car ride, Barry has probably my favorite line in the game. He says, you're going to buy me a tanning bed as a gift, and I'm going to live in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what does happen on their way to the farm? That can't remember. I'm, I'm watching a, a, a speedrun as we talk, but I don't remember what happens exactly. I just Gosh. know you end up losing your equipment again. <laughs> and your vehicle. <laughs> yep, and you're running through the woods with nothing. Trying but to now you have farm. a friend. Sort now of? you have well, yeah, Barry. Uh, well, I do like the scene on the way to the farm. You go up to a random house because you see a car going, and you think it's Barry. And this is when you see somebody else, who, like the town drunk who you saw earlier in the jail cell. We didn't, even, we just didn't even bother to mention. And he's like, "I shouldn't have went back from the moonshine. They got my friend." And oh yeah, I like it that it gives contact that, that other yeah. people are getting affected by the taken. Other people are fighting these things and seeing these things and being murdered by these things and have no idea what's going on. Like I, I like because it helps you know certify that he's not crazy yeah but this is where like because the huge thing for me was right when we you meet barry in the beginning like the first couple times you meet barry and stuff like i didn't like barry i thought he was just looking to be that annoying like sidekick like person who says he's his friend but he's just his agent and like doesn't really want the best for him but like this is where you start to see like barry's like on his side barry is actually like his best friend and is like in this for the long run i was like oh barry's one of the best characters He's not as much an asshole as things. I, I agree. I didn't like him at first either, but I do warm up as the game progresses. Yeah. 
and like I get into the farm has my one of my favorite scenes of any game of last of last generation. Oh, the the one on the farm. Uh huh. When you finally get to the farm and you're getting there and you start seeing like all these rock things in the farm, you're like, oh, these guys really were rockers, but we never heard of them. And I think they were also written out too by Thomas Zane, Could be. or somebody wrote them out. Yeah, they don't exist. I think that's also cool. Like all their money was made, they were real, but there's no, they don't have a legacy anymore. And you see all these fireworks, and when you get and you see like, this concert stage that you're trying to get to, and that, and then Barry turns on the lights, and it is probably one of like I was saying, one of my favorite gaming moments ever. Not ever, but last generation. Let's go with that. Yeah, because yeah, you're like overlooking this, not quite cornfield, but just this empty field, and there's just swarms of Taken coming at you. And it's playing starts, a rock song. Yeah, he starts setting off the pyrotechnics and the stage lights and burning them all away. It's it's so cool. It reminds anyone, me of one of the Left 4 Dead finales. Yeah. Anyone it, curious, look up Old Gods of Asgard on YouTube if you can, and you'll Children of the Elder God, and you'll have the song pretty good song too yeah the song is good <laughs> really and it, it is just and you're just gunning down guy after guy after guy with buried launching fireworks and things are happening and it's just it's an awesome battle arena type thing <laughs> it's like the one time in the game where you're fighting and like it's not like a oh shit oh shit type of a situation it's like aha like i'm getting the better of them like it's another uplifting kind of a scene where you're like we're doing like i'm doing better against them now and like that type of a thing and the music just this rock this heavy rocks or maybe not heavy but this rock song just playing in the background loudly and you're on this arena and and, they, and they're hearing it too like that's the whole thing that makes it so cool they're like oh this song's pretty good too alan like i like that they're they're in the same in the same you know making you feel like you're in that same world with them i think what would have made it even better though was if coconut played instead <laughs> <laughs> Put the lime in the coconut and- I'll take I'll take Children of the Elder God. Yeah, but you know how much of a comedic relief it would have been if just like initially, like even if it was just like Coconut started playing and Barry was like, "Oh no, no, no!" and he just like flips over the disc or something. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> they cut off like one, two, three, four. Put the lime in the cookies. <laughs> Damn it! You know, I bet somebody modded other songs in this part. Oh I'm god. So, yeah, you get through that part, and then that's when, like, my least... I guess this might not be right away, but my least favorite fight of the entire game and my least favorite type of enemy, a.k.a. any inanimate construction (laughs) farm equipment comes to life and you have to fight it. (laughs) Like an excavator or a fucking combine. (laughs) The the possessed objects that that fly at you. Yeah. It's flying ones. The ones that, like, are literally controlled, like, chasing you around, like, the bulldozer <laughs> at one point, the excavator at one point, and then this, uh, harvester. Like, I was just like, no! <laughs> I, you're right, it is after this part. Yeah, I think the first time we see the vehicles is, uh, in Chapter 2, after, uh, no, it's in Chapter 3. Yeah, well, we start seeing the, the possessed objects anyway. No, because, I think it is 2, because... The first possessed object, you don't fight it, but it's the uh, the bulldozer that pushes the uh, little trailer off the edge that you have to escape. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. That might even be chapter one, when yeah. uh, when you're chasing after Carl's Stucky. Yeah, it is, yeah, because it's, yeah, yeah, it is Stucky. Yeah, huh. that's the first one. You don't fight it, though. It goes off the edge with the trailer, but that's, like, the first inanimate odd like vehicular thing that gets thrown at you and then yeah now you got get to start fighting them and it's just <laughs> barrels and crates and two by fours and shit 
Well, I think the worst part about the the harvester like fight is the fact that there are still a crap ton of Taken coming at you at the same time. So you have to mm-hmm. fight off Taken and then turn around and make sure the harvester is not like two inches from you and about to run you over. Yeah, I think this is one of the few times that I actually had to burn through some batteries to try and take it out as fast as possible. Like, drop a couple flares and burn it out until the batteries die out, swap them in, keep burning at it. The thing that sucked for me is because, like, yet again, I'm like, because it was my first time playing through it, I thought it was just going to be like any of the other ones where, like, you just have to deal with it for a certain amount of time. I didn't realize you had to take it out. (laughs) (laughs) And I finally looked at, like, the left corner where, like, your little, like, to-do thing is. Yeah, the objective. Yeah, the objective is. And it's like, destroy the harvester. I was like, oh my god, I actually have to take this out. <laughs> At least you have plenty of room to run around because you're in another giant field. Yeah, you're in a giant field. It takes out most of the objects that you can get stuck on, so... I wonder yeah, if you can even take out the other Taken that are running around if you, if you get them in the path. Yeah, I will, but it's still just... It, that was my least favorite thing. Is oh, finding yeah. damn inanimate objects is so annoying to me. Luckily, the vehicles aren't common. I think there's only like two or three in the game that you have to deal with. Well, besides the quote-unquote end game that we'll get to, but yeah. Well. Then uh, you get into into the farmhouse where the the brothers have all their moonshine stashed. Yeah, you get to listen to the uh, secret they're talking to you about, which was actually a song. Yeah, the I even mean, think they. I want to say that the the crew they give you, the clue they give you is uh the secrets in the song. Yeah. And then, like, in the song, is it, it's called, like, the Lady of Light or something, isn't it? Yeah, Somewhere. Lady of Light has a secret or something. Mm-hmm. Poet <sighs> and the Muse or something like that is the, is the name of the song. And then they when they when they find the album, they start playing it. That's when they realize it. Crazy Lamplight Lady they've seen throughout this throughout the game. Cynthia Murray. Yep. And then they get sloshed on Moonshine. So, oh, my God. Can we talk about the containers in the mo- the Moonshine was in? Those things were, like, <laughs> half their height. And they're, like... <laughs> also, in what... What, like... After everything you just did on this farm, nonetheless, and it's still night, do you get inside the house where the lights aren't on still? And you're, like, let's get sloshed. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. I'm, like, after everything you've seen happen... The last thing I would want to do is get just drunk off my ass. I'd be like, no, no, we're going to sit here with the gun and the flashlight. We're just going to get the lights on. We're not we're going to get drunk. No, I mean, my, me as a person, my first initial, if you ever listen to our podcast, my first initial thing would to be just get fucking hammered and then <laughs> deal with blitzed. it. Yeah, just get hammered no. as fuck and then deal with your problems. You know, maybe that makes sense. Some people would do that, too. I mean, OK, I do get the lights on, but I still I wouldn't. I wouldn't be drinking. I'd be like, no, no, we're just going to sit here. I wouldn't so, drink moonshine, like illegally made moonshine, a.k.a. like literally almost 100% alcohol. Like, I wouldn't. <laughs> What's the worst that's going to happen? Nightingale's going to show up and arrest you? No, you die to the Taken. Did that one happen? Not die to the Taken, but does, he, does, does Nightingale yeah. show up then? Yeah, this is where Nightingale shows up and arrests him. How did yeah, we find you? I don't know. I mean, I guess the concert going off might have uh, called people. the cops. Yeah, yeah, but their farm they specifically talk about is like so out in the middle of nowhere. Like Robert Nightingale is exactly where he needs to be at any given time, which is what makes him the best FBI agent you could ever want. <laughs> if only he can get that alcohol under control, he'd be great. At this point, I mean, like they don't go into it, but it's the FBI, and this game takes place in like the correct time period fuck they probably tapped its phone or something stupid and he was just following him around the entire time okay i could see that he does have yeah a yeah i was gonna say he, he breaks out of the the lodge but there's no one there to report that he's gone because everyone dies well i mean like if you yet again i mean it's post patriot act tapping phones 
and he already is shooting on sight, it wouldn't surprise me if he <laughs> tapped someone's phone. That's, <laughs> That's a good point. And this is also when you, with the moonshine, you find out what really happened about how the darkness took Alice and told him to go right to get Alice back. Yeah. And he wrote for a week, it sound, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he yeah he spent a week because that's like because this is where you get to the episode one where you wake up in the car. Oh like, yeah, he was out for a week. When they get into town, Deerfest is two weeks away, and when he gets to the gas station, chapter one, it says it's seven days. Yeah, so he he lost a full week. Yeah. Oh, and also with Nightingale, there's a comment when you're in jail after Nightingale arrests you and and she's and arguing with Sheriff Breaker. He makes a comment about the manuscript and how he that's how he knew where they were or something because the manuscript said it. And then when he dies, he's reading the page. He goes, "Wait a second. And the darkness yeah. just grabs him and pulls him out when he's reading a new a page or something. Yeah, but like also, so the thing that, about that that doesn't make sense to me is the fact of like if you're picking up the pages of the manuscript, how the fuck does he also have the pages of the manuscript? Like. Are there multiple copies? Because, like, if you're picking them all up scattered around and stuff, how does anyone else have to where, like, uh, they also know where you're at? I think they say at the beginning of this chapter that he takes everything that Alan has on him. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they like, do say that. Tom says at some point that he's been trying to leave him exactly where Alan needs him to be. Yeah. To, to help him. Yeah, because he's very much involved in what's happening. I have it in my notes as the meta of Nightingale reading the manuscript, describing him reading the manuscript. <laughs> it's pretty good. And I like how this time when, oh, and the beginning of chapter five is another one of my favorite scenes of this game. So it's you and Sheriff Breaker. You're in the sheriff's office. She realized, okay, you're not crazy. They lo- you load up on shotguns and all sorts of weapons. They leave, they leave Barry in the, in the station and say, okay, call my father and call these guys and tell them night spring. He's like, like the TV show. And that's when she explains the joke is that the show was based on this town. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like that. Like, I, I enjoy this whole part where you're running around the town, fighting Taken, trying to get to the helicopter with her, with you fighting. It is great. Yeah. Can we just take a moment to talk about how badass Sheriff, Bre- Sheriff Breaker is? Like, she sees Nightingale taken out and she's just immediately on board. She's like, OK, here's all your stuff. What do I need to know to fight these things? Let's go. It's good. She's yeah. she's awesome. She is awesome for that. And then she takes you outside. And then this is my favorite part is immediately you get separated and have to go by yourself across some rooftops and then across an entire town to get the keys to a helicopter and then a back across town to get to said helicopter because, you know, nothing's prepared for you yeah. <laughs> or in the correct spot. Sorry. I like this chapter just because it's like it's nice to be in a different area than the woods. Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. Agreed. You're actually in the town, and, like, you actually get to see that the darkness does affect the town, not just, like, the woods outside of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. I like having a different environment to run in for the first half, and you also fight the deer fest float at one point, I think, or you see it. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it comes by, it takes out a couple taken if you have them <laughs> in the right spot. <laughs> I really like that. Like, I, I just, th- running around this town, I think there's one part of the guy's like, keep down that rocket. I don't know why people gotta get so loud at Tearfest. Like, not even aware of what's happening. Oh, yeah, that. it's, um, it's, it's the, the doctor. doctor. Yeah, he's oh. on, he's in his apartment above, I'm assuming his, where his he does clinic? his practice. Yeah, his clinic or his practice. But yeah, he, like, yells out to the sheriff about, like, there's, why are there so many gunshots going on? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, are you are you just completely immune to everything happening? Did you not just see the deer float possessed <laughs> run down the main the main road? Like what? I, I liked it. Like I I really I thought this was a great part. And then I'm not so like super crazy about the next part when you you find out like after this you get the helicopter and you're heading to the power plant and again they take away all your equipment because he he falls out of the helicopter. 
on the other side of the or the power plant dam to try to get to it. AKA well, Alan Wake, biggest klutz of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but before before even the chopper, we gotta talk about Barry. Okay. <laughs> How, uh, oh he, he talks about the Bright Force. Bright Falls General Store is his favorite place on Earth now. He comes out wrapped in Christmas lights with a, a headlamp that he refers to as his flaming eye of Mordor. It's like everything's for protection to fight the the darkness. It's pretty good. I yeah. really liked it. I, I did like that Mordor comment. I laughed a lot. Yeah, it's nice how they like do tie in like other book like famous books and stuff because like yeah, you get that part from like Lord of the Rings and that that was a really really good. Com- Honestly, this game has a lot of good comedic relief when you need it because mm-hmm. like you go through like game. a very like high tense situation and they always have like a one liner to like be like here's some comedic relief. I had an unintentional one when I was running with Sheriff Breaker. There's a part where you have to wrap around this wharf, and as you go around the corner, uh, Taken surprises you. And I, like, burn the darkness away, and just as he comes around the corner, Sheriff Breaker standing with a shotgun just shoots him right in the side of the head. It was amazing timing. She She's great, too. I don't know if she can die or not, but she does a great job just taking people out. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got to the point where I was just burning the darkness and letting her kill him. Yeah, she's the only NPC in any gaming, any game in the history of games that I can actually hit a shot. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, she defends herself really well, too, in this game. Yeah, Unfor- she does. Unfortunately, you don't have her when uh, she's prepping the chopper and you have to fight waves of Taken. I actually like that part. Oh, man, it was rough. That was one of those ones that I struggled with. One I of the few times I died. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a cool idea, but I was I was having a rough go of it. Were you playing on easy or harder difficulty? I was playing on easy. Hmm. Okay. I was going to say, I had the same issue and I played on easy. It is worth mentioning that some of the manuscript pages you can only get on nightmare difficulty, which is the hardest, harder than hard difficulty. Yeah, they have like a specific symbol next to them. I actually beat this game on nightmare back in the day in 2010. Wow. I don't know how, because I don't play any games on hard difficulties usually, but I actually, I did it for the achievement because I was an achievement whore. That's impressive though. I, I did a lot of running. I would assume so, yeah. There's a lot of parts where you see a light, you just fucking book it, don't even bother fighting, you just book. <laughs> and you can. You can book a lot in this game and, and skip. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe not. I, again, I was hoarding all my items. but This is one, okay. of the most, one of the most unemasculating things when you run up to one of those light poles and the bulb bursts just as you get to it. It's like, <laughs> oh, man. Because uh, whenever you stand in the light, your health regenerates and you it auto-saves your checkpoint. So to have one of those bursts just as you get to it, like, oh, damn it, I gotta find the next one. And the, the second part of Chapter 5 or Episode 5 is kind of, like, I don't like it as much where you're going through the dam, you're fighting guys, you meet Cynthia Weaver, and she's like, you have to do this and you have to do that, and I have this thing that Thomas gave me hidden in here in the, in the room that never... I forget, there's a name, she calls it something. Uh, the well-lit room. Yeah, the yeah. well-lit room. Which, yeah. it's interesting. The, s- the sprint on the dam running away from the tornado is just a pain in the ass. Yeah, the whole dam segment is kind of awful. It, it is nice to give you a spotlight at the top of it for a little bit, but yeah, it, it does suck. Oh yeah, that was cool with the helicopter spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. And then, it's of fun. course, the, while you're going to the well-lit room with her, finally, once you get caught up, you're... No, actually, but the helicopter goes down that the sheriff and Barry are in. Yeah, so it's you as, have, you as you're going with Cynthia to the well-lit room, the Barry calls and the helicopter goes down. And you can see you see it go down, and that's when you, Alan, decides that he wants to go make sure they're okay. Even though, from what you saw, there was an explosion. <laughs> yeah, like, not okay. Well, 
lo and behold, you go there, and they're completely fine. They should not be. No. <laughs> but they yeah, you, be you end up, you finally get them, and then you actually get to the well-lit room, and then that's where, I guess, really the end game starts, I guess. Well, yeah. the thing about, it's interesting, is the thing that he finds in the well-lit room is the clicker that he gave Alice from his childhood that his mom gave to him, and then you find out that he was created by Zane or something? Something, not created. The, the clicker yeah. was. The, yeah, the clicker was created by Zane, but Zane wrote about his childhood. When he was seven, He the page that is in the box with the clicker is the page that he writes about Alan when he was seven years old and received the clicker from his mom. Okay. I think at some point during this cutscene, he talks about uh, how the shoebox is exempt from all the stuff that Thomas Zane omits from reality. Yeah. Because he's got the, the clicker in the page. Oh, and then, like, the whole part when he gets a clicker and he's like, Barry, take Sheriff's gun, and, like, she's staying here. Like, this whole part, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, just yeah, tell her to stay. She's ready to, to throw down again. She wants to go kill some more Taken. It just seemed weird she wants he makes to, Barry take the gun. Honestly, I think her motive is she wants to clear off the missing persons board. Because that thing is overfilled. And she's like, if we take out more Taken, I can clear off the... The missing person. <laughs> we can yeah. finally have put off some other stuff. Like that was John Johnson. I know him. Oh, he's dead. We don't take off that mission poster. <laughs> I just shot him in the face. Okay, we're good. But like after you get the clicker and then he goes off to go to Cauldron Lake. This is when and you have another flashback from two years ago. And all I could think of, man, Alan is an asshole. Yeah, he goes off. This is when he like really, really goes off on Alice, though. Yeah, where he's all hung over because he was drinking all night and he was out partying with Barry because he did a TV thing and or an interview or something. And it's just like. He's, he really is such an ass to her when she comes home. And she's like, I even let you sleep in. It's one o'clock. I didn't even say Like, it's just, I'm like, what the fuck? I do <laughs> like the inversion of this where you're trying to fight light during the beginning of this segment. Because oh. he's got, he's hung over. So you got to find the sunglasses of the painkillers to, to dull the pain from the light. I didn't catch that. That's a good point. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Just to show <laughs> how much Alan's changed, I guess. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a twist. I do it. The biggest, like the part that really hit me about the advertising, when you start episode six, it opens up like when you're back in control after the cutscene, right in front of a Ryzen sign. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. It's literally just a giant billboard for Verizon. I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest product placement in the game. It's just oh, Verizon. Yeah. It's I don't mind product placement when it fits. Like it can, it fits in this world. Like I'm okay with it because there would be billboards like that. Yes, I would rather have something that's creative for the game, but that's fine. Like you know, it doesn't. It it's not like we're in Doom. We're on Mars, and you're going, hey, sign up for AT and T. Like it, I'm okay with it being there. Yeah, no, it's I agree. funny because you know we know why it's there. Hey, it's never directly spoken. Like, hey, you should switch to TNT to get this much money off your your cell phone bill. It's just it's just there. Yeah. yeah. It chapter. I don't know if there's a whole lot to say about majority episode <sighs> six when you're just getting to Cauldron Lake. I hate. I hate this. This whole when the game just won't end. Yeah, well, yeah. Because like, you, there's. Oh well, if you actually like pay attention, you kind of pass every major point in the game as you're traveling there. Oh, like you sense. can, because you you're going from the, the dam to the lake. Yeah, you can see the farm. You can see like the bridge. Like where it says like "Welcome to." I can't even remember the freaking name of this <laughs> town at this point. Right, false. Right falls. You pass. I don't think you pass the lodge, but I think at one point you see the lodge. But like, there's a bunch of different spots where you like you can see, you can pass uh, you uh, pass the logging place where you fight Stucky and all that stuff. Oh, I didn't catch it. I didn't really pay attention to that. I guess either. So I think when you're going to the the radio station or line, you can see Carl Stucky's gas station in the distance. 
Yeah. It feels like a lived-in world. It's pretty cool. And it does let you drive a lot in this chapter, at least. I guess, yeah, that's kind of the crappy part, is it is a long drive. But also, a thing, I guess, to notice from the well-lit room to this part is the reason he's going back is obviously to save Alice and, like, the cabin and everything. But also, he's going back because he mentions it is the last pages in the typewriter, and he needs to write out the ending. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of the... One of the script pages he's found says that he grips the clicker, takes a deep breath, and jumps into the lake. And I think that's the last manuscript, right? Because that's him going into the lake to go type the last page, technically. Well, he he understands that in this world, you have, you can't, I guess he, I think it's somewhere it's mentioned right in the ending area where Thomas Dane's mistake was that he didn't realize that you can't just like write, oh, this will be better. You have there has to be consequences for these actions. There has someone has to suffer. It's a horror story, so not everyone can survive, and he understands that. Yeah, because yeah. when he's talking to Cynthia and the and the the power plant, we get some backstory on her being in love with Thomas Zane, who is in love with Barbara Jagger. But when she died, he brought her back with the darkness, and she came back wrong. So now the darkness basically wears her face yeah she because she is the dark presence right yeah Yeah. because anything written on that lake somehow can become real yeah so that's that's why she tricked alan wake to go there because she needed a artist to be there to to you Mm -hmm. to become real but him getting to the lake ensues my second least favorite boss fight of the entire game where you fight the tornado of darkness with all the freaking goddamn Mm. large objects in it aka boats fucking construction equipment and but you get infinite ammo just, yeah you do but it's still annoying just yeah, getting like, there is a freaking hassle because like there's even an achievement for getting from the dam to the lake in under a half an hour which i don't have but <laughs> uh, it just goes on forever and like the checkpoints are complete bullshit like it felt like Ratchet and Clank all over again because I would get <laughs> so far and then I would die. And I'm like, I'm all the way back here. What the hell? So fun fact. This is the part where I tell you guys I didn't actually beat this game. I got to the, this chapter and I was at work today. And I was like, shit, I like I need to know what happens. <laughs> so I popped up, you know, a gameplay of this last chapter. And I like literally skipped most of it because I was like, it's just driving. <laughs> it goes on forever. <laughs> Like, there's so many fights throughout it, but it, do, it does end with, like, possibly my favorite objective in any video game of destroy the tornado. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty damn good. And the fact they give you infinite flare gun ammo, I just went to town just shooting for no reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It didn't Jesus do anything because I didn't yeah. <laughs> go close enough. I just kept shooting for no reason. They can burn, away, burn away the stuff that's floating around it. I was missing. So... <laughs> Didn't do a lot, but it's still a cool moment. Like I, I agree that that boss fight is stupid in the in the last chapter, but overall, it, it I still enjoyed it, even though I know it's padding. Because again, twenty ten, I feel we were still padding games to make them longer just because. Yeah, because a game was valued by how long it was. Not as probably still wasn't twenty ten. Definitely in two thousand two, if we have if we're, as we're seeing. <laughs> but well, I think twenty ten, maybe still. I guess like also another reason it's honestly a good final boss fight is because like you have to fight it how else are you gonna fight the darkness like you can't keep fighting taken like what's a good way to end you fighting the darkness the yeah, cause you, you see so, this tornado several yeah. times throughout the game so so yeah i mean it makes sense i'm not saying it doesn't fit it just sucks <laughs> 
Agreed. <laughs> I won't disagree with you. It's better than some final boss fights in games. Well, that I might have played recently. Is this where he jumps? This is where he jumps into the into the lake, or is this after? He, he gets uh, right, to the typewriter. Yeah, yeah, he does do the typewriter thing right before. Because he sees Thomas Zane at some point as the diver. I can't remember. I, he does throughout the game, which we haven't really mentioned, because Thomas Zane is always in a diver suit. Yeah. But it might be... I, I think, oh, when he's having, like, flashbacks, or at some point in time flashback, he realized Thomas Zane was holding off the darkness to let him write himself. That That's how he escaped. Mm-hmm. Because... Thomas Zane is able to kind of get to him. He gets to his car. He's all druggy. doesn't know what the hell's going on and drives off and crashes. Yeah. Thomas Zane is just the fighter of darkness <laughs> in a diving suit from the yeah. 1920s. That illuminates a fuck ton of light. <laughs> not know why, because when you, you know, if I think of, of something that's going to illuminate light, dry, diving suit would not be the thing that comes to my mind. But hey, I mean, after Bioshock, he just looks like a big daddy. Yeah. Bioshock ruined all diving suits. <laughs> it's so true. And this didn't have a drill attached to it. Exactly. That's why it ruined all diving suits. No other <laughs> diving suits have drills attached to them. It's a weird moment. But I and then this game kind of ends. I think we're just about there with the whole like he starts typing the typewriter where he types out that Alice is saved and the darkness is stopped, but he also realizes that to save Alice he has to sacrifice himself. And that's where he says the darkness isn't it isn't a lake, it's an ocean. Oh yeah, that's when he sees that's when he sees Thomas because we see the duplicate of Alan's like your friends yeah. will need this after you're gone. Cause he knows to bring Alice back. He has to stay. Yeah. But, uh, that's how he takes up, how he takes out the dark. That's not touched on very well though. No, it's not. No, it's not. You have to really deep dive to find that stuff out. Which yeah. is what I had to do. <laughs> A lot of this ending is very ambiguous about what it means, but the way he takes out the dark presence is pretty awesome. Cause, uh, Thomas Zane says at some point about how, Barbara Jagger came back, but she there was something missing out of her. It's like she was missing her heart or something. And yeah, he, in front of her, he basically what he said was like he stuck his hand in to rip the heart out of the the darkness, but he ripped it out and nothing took its place and nothing like happened. So she just became more defigured or something. And then that's when you find out that the clicker is supposed to be the thing that goes in to yeah. like create the oh, and a light. you are right. He does jump in the water and then do the clicker thing after you beat the tornado. Because you, uh, you see Barbara back in the, the cabin with the giant hole in her chest, and he just shoves the clicker in there and click. Yeah, and she, she dies from it, and that's when he jumps in the lake. But when he jumps in the lake, it's the scene from the beginning with Alice like drowning. But behind her, you can see the darkness pulling her in, but then all of a sudden the darkness is gone and she starts swimming up. Yeah, and the, and the line she also says is, Alan, wake up. And then the game ends on that. But right before that, there's a scene where he's in he's in New York, but it's not Alice. It's the darkness, and he's trying. And you're walking around, and she keeps kind of teleporting around the apartment and stuff. Yeah, and she's not scared of the dark. Yeah, I like more of that. Trying to make him think he's crazy. He's just crazy. Yeah, well, you would be too after all this. Yeah, I actually found out a cool thing about it's not a lake; it's an ocean. I did some deep diving on that afterwards because it's a weird thing to say. No pun intended. Yeah, I don't know if you guys. (laughs) good one actually uh, <laughs> i don't know if, did you guys ever really look into that no no so i actually went and like was googling it trying to figure out exactly what it meant because it's such an like a weird thing to leave off on and obviously there's like a couple dlc to this game or something that came out later that kind of we'll like mention it brief but yeah 
to it. I was going to say I didn't play it, but uh, the it's not a lake, it's an ocean can actually mean because of the fact of the darkness. And like when you look like when he dives down to it and like Alice is sinking, it's so dark. What people think it means of it being a lake or an ocean, not a lake, is that it's actually the lake is actually an ocean just turned sideways. So like it's super, 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 super deep because it's just like a flipped over to the side ocean and like interesting yeah it's a really cool fan theory that i went into i didn't go super into it but like i read it and i was like that makes sense it's a good thought and like it's really cool if you think about it like an ocean just flipped to the side and it's just that deep as wide as a normal ocean is i just kind of figured it was a metaphor for for like the magic of the lake where it's goes a lot further than everyone thought it did well i mean that's also a common fan theory but i i wanted to go with the one that was like a little bit more that one i think make does make sense too and yeah the final little part after you jump into the darkness before it gets the typewriter we've been talking about you run across these small islands you're trying to get to the cabin and you see all these different words that you can shine on and then things happen yeah and, you know, it, it creates the objects yeah, what the DLC that we are not going to be talking about that might be on a mini someday, maybe. That's in, it. in the I'll DLC a lot. Yeah, I have my own opinion about the DLC. I haven't played it in a while. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying I'd come back for it. I'd play okay. it and come back. And we might do it someday, but not anytime. Fantastic. <laughs> I don't really want to be back into this game. It kind of fucked me up a little bit. <laughs> it's, and this is when he finally gets to the, the the house and he writes in the note the ocean thing. He stabs her with a clicker, but it's really fucking good. It is. It's a really good ending, honestly. Yeah, and then we uh, we see the town back to normal. Like, Having Deer Fest is going on. Yep. I love that. And Alice climbs out of the water and she's just coughing. They're probably going to be wondering. She's been swimming for 10 water. days. She's fucked up asking oh. where Alan is. I do like, and then Deerfest is finally happening. Yeah, I like, I like that a lot. I like the shot of Rose holding the lamp with Nightingale standing in the dark behind her, like they're the new embodiments of the light and dark. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it was a weird thing to end on, and that's why like, I was confused, because I was like, is there going to be a second game? And I was like, this happened in 2010, like, it's 2020, there's no fucking second <laughs> game. Like, there was supposed the fuck to be? It? So, we got the two DLCs, which I know nothing about, and then only very, very recently, Control, Remedy's third game, or second game after this one. There's yeah. also they, uh, American Nightmare. Oh, yeah, there is that. But that Good. does not, and I repeat, does not wrap up the story. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Control got a DLC that it's loosely based, or it's got some references to Alan Wake, where it kind of tries to explain some stuff, apparently, which I have not played. But I really want to. Yeah, me too. Same. I play Control. Control's great. I need to Except play Except for the end. It, it suffers from some Alan Wake stuff where the end's kind of bullshit. <laughs> Can't win them all. Any last thing to say before we go on to a couple questions, comments, and memories? I have a few for this. I don't think so. Mm. I mean, it's my first time playing through it, so not a whole lot. I thought it was... Definitely think it was worth the the playthrough. It was a really cool. I am a person who is awful with horror games. Um, I've tried Same. playing Outlast, and like I, I can watch horror movies all day, every day. Does not matter. Can watch them all the time. If you put me behind and controlling a person in the like horror story, no, we're done. Yeah, I'm the opposite. Like I think it's something about movies where I don't have any kind of control about over what's happening. Like that freaks me out more. I don't know. It's like. I can rationalize movies and like, obviously I could rationalize a video game like this, but like when you're controlling them and like, you're trying to deal with like, for me, it's like dealing with the stuff as they're dealing with it. I'm just like, uh, no, I can't. Nope. Huh. I can understand that. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. I think we'll go to questions, comments, or memories. I actually have a few for this. First from the Overblood group. A few people did answer. First one from Jordan Bay. So I actually just decided to replay this a week ago. I'd love to know how you all feel about the story to gameplay balance. I don't remember later in the game, but during the the early chapters, at least it's a very clear cut where you get story at the start, a big gauntlet of fights, and then some story at the end. I kind of wish that was set up in a way that gave you a breather somewhere in the middle as well, because those walking through the dark and fighting sections can get pretty long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do think they get long. But I mean, like how we all kind of described it while going through the you do get those parts of you're playing in the daytime and like you're kind of like it's kind of a little relaxed period, like gathering some other information and stuff and it makes it it made it very playable like very easy to play through yeah i think it makes it really easy to play through all the way and then this one from jared michael as for my memories i remember riding my bike which had a flat tire for four miles to blockbuster to go rent this game that when i finally got to play it i remember playing it like it was a tv show so after the end of each episode i waited a day to play the next part okay that's kind of cool hey alone in the dark 08 does the same thing you just really want to play that, don't you? <laughs> this is also one of the very few games that I put down the controller to listen to the music. When War by Poets of the Fall came on, I stopped listening to the song and instantly went and looked it up on YouTube. Yeah, all the songs are by uh, War of the Poet, or by Poets of the Fall, that's what it is. And they're a real band, so <laughs> check them out. Kind of good. Uh, from Luke Miller, so this is a game that is honestly one of my favorites of last gen. You have good taste, sir. And up there for games of all time. My first Remedy game, we randomly picked it up used at GameStop. I basically went in blind, and boy, did it blow me away. The underlying mystery of it all, the whole TV show-style delivery, the combat, everything clicked for me. I freaking loved it. And the sequel tease at the end, so good. If only there was a sequel. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. I do think, like, the... Like the radios that you can look at, like listen to, and the TV shows that you can watch throughout the game add a really cool aspect to the game that like other games don't have that make it like you always kind of want to find the next part of it. Yeah. And this one from Connor Campbell. What is the moment you knew you were going to play this game from beginning to end? I always have this moment for books, but would love to hear if you had it for a video game. Well, it's when someone picks it for the podcast and it gets put on the list. I go, oh, (laughs) I guess I'm playing this. Also, in normal cases, any game I pick, I'm going to play it from beginning to end unless something terrible happens, because mm. that's me. I think I said right at the top of the episode that like, as soon as I heard that this was about a writer who found pages describing what was happening, like I was instantly on board. It's just such a cool concept. For me, it was probably like... I've always wanted to play this game. Like After a couple of years after it came out and like seeing things on YouTube and like hearing about how good of a game it is, and like even to this day, like you still hear that. And like, I mean, I can now attest to it and also agree with it. Like made me want to play it. I just never had the time. And then kind of basically what Mike said, uh, <laughs> was told that we're doing it for the podcast and <laughs> I actually played it. And it yeah, was, was totally worth it. After I guessed it on your show, I was like, Hey, um, you, and I sent you list like, I haven't been meaning to play Alan Wake for a long time. I'll try that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, finally I get to buy it and actually sit down and play it. I have a reason to. Nice. And if you like horror games, you should definitely check out Parasite Eve someday if you want to play a horror game that's not really a horror game. Oh, yeah. And Dead Space. Yeah. I do need yeah. to get through Dead Space. I did enjoy the little bit I played of it. It's really good. And this one from... That was a good question, I want to say. We need yeah, more questions. We don't get a lot of questions, Ashley, so that was kind of cool. So here's another one from Luke... Lucas Adam, my favorite part of the game is the ending. The cut to black and then space oddities slowly fading in gave me some serious chills. Uh, from Jack Kimberlin, I still think this is Remedy's best and most fleshed out game slash narrative. I think Remedy thinks that too, since they're trying to bring back the Wakeford. Also, I'm pretty sure the cancellation of Alan Wake 2 is classified as a hate crime in most countries. Unclear how they got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Should be put on the Geneva Convention. It's 
I am really bummed that I think that's one reason I'm very up. Like, I don't like the DLC because it doesn't wrap up the story. And American Nightmare, which will probably be on the show someday, adds a little bit more, but still doesn't wrap up the story. Sequel was in development, but was canceled. However, the scrap sequel became the foundation and inspiration of Remedy's next title, Quantum Break. Even though it has nothing to do with Alan Wake. I was going to say, that game has nothing to do with it. Nope, not at all. But the DLC expansion does or something, I guess. Eh, someday, I'll, someday Control will be on the show when it's older. All right, from Kyle, the last one from this group, but I have a couple others I'm going to read. From Kyle Smith, I picked it up totally on a whim. A Steam sale, I think. No one I knew had or had played it, but it looked like a combination of Twin Peaks with a Stephen King now, so I gave it a go. I spent the next several nights only playing a night because it's a horror game, staying up way later than I should have, but every bit of it was a blast. I played this during the day because that's how you play horror games. <laughs> if you don't like... want to fucking hate yourself, yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I'm going to read a couple from the official Laser Time group from Nick Turner. I really enjoyed this game, and having not played Control, I think it's my favorite Remedy game. I think it has one of the best final lines of any game ever. Okay. From Nick Crowley. I guess. Or Alan, wake up. I love watching the Twilight Zone-ish shorts on the TVs. I hit the button and run away when I play. But I'm glad (laughs) you watched them. (laughs) Gotta get that collectible number. That's all I did it for. I never got, I mean, I don't care about achievements or anything on Steam. That's why I played this. Well, I played this in Epic, so I didn't have anything. I just did it just because it's ingrained in me. Actually, with this playthrough, I got uh, I got all the radio shows, and I found a couple of the thermoses that I didn't have. So, I hey, think I helped you out. I helped you get an fun. achievement or get closer to an achievement. <laughs> I got the, the radio shows. From Alex Crowley, one of my favorite games of all time. I love the Stephen King Twin Peaks 5 soundtrack is awesome. You are right. And then this is from the Survival Horror Sanctuary. I have a couple of things to read. From Jay Kelly, my only complaint is that there was never a proper sequel. I agree. From Evie Epmall, I gotta say, if, you're re- if your first name is Evie, that is a super cool person. Uh, that game was a big influence in me getting an Xbox. Uh, this is a good one. From Saul Silva, come on, play the coconut. I died and come to hell. <laughs> That's what the old guys say when yep. you play the song. Yeah. It's great. And from Saul Silva, this is kind of what we mentioned earlier. Damn, this game is great. As soon as it was available on Xbox Game Pass, I installed it and played it again. It's not really horror as others, no blood and gore, but it's horror in a unique way. Only complaint, I never really understood the ending. Don't worry. No one does. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to this podcast all the way through, you might now. <laughs> I don't think Robbie fully understands it, to be to be honest. It's a cliffhanger. Yeah. It, it makes more sense after you play the DLC and after you play American Nightmare, it does like you do get some, but you still don't get an ending. Like you can tell that second game was needed to really wrap up the story. Right. And from Casey Gardner, what bothered me was the ending. Where's my Alan Wake sequel to wrap up the story? Yeah, me too. This is we didn't mention, but I, I want to bring this up from Tony Harlan. My only complaint is not enough diversity with the enemy. Yeah, like there are no female taken. At all. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But unless he just means enemy types, which, yeah, there's only like five. We didn't even mention yeah. the, the goo that you that you bought yeah, away. Well, another another thing that could have worked was uh, there's a point in one of the, it's episode one, or, I think it's episode two, where you come across a sign in the forest that says, beware of bears. Like, do you know the amount of, like, taken, like, uh, fucking, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, animals and stuff, like, could have been there? Like, Fighting a Taken Bear would have been the worst thing ever. <laughs> Could have been like Resident Evil Outbreak, where you fight the the zombified zoo animals. Yeah, like, they could have done stuff with the actual uh, animals in the forest. God, like, that would have been... Like, uh, that imagine, sucks. <laughs> yeah, imagine walking through the farm, and all of a sudden, out of, like, a corner, a Taken raccoon jumps onto your face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that would have been cool. 
Taken Bear sounds like a bit awful to fight. Yeah, well, I mean, bears notoriously in any RPG are known as one of the hardest enemies, aka Skyrim, Dragon <laughs> Age, yeah, uh, any of those types of RPG. Uh, the Witcher, like RPGs, like make bears the hardest <laughs> things to fight ever. <laughs> <laughs> so true. All right, and then the last comment I'm going to read from a fellow podcaster that I know from Zero Brightness, a horror podcast. He wrote, no, zero out of ten and wrong, because they said this is one of my favorite games and of last generation. If you want to hear a whole episode about someone who doesn't like Alan Wake, <laughs> this podcast. He did a whole episode. He, hate, he hates this game. Wow. He's wrong. He hates Weird. this game. Well, he likes horror games, so, you know, what can you say? Yeah. <sighs> I don't like horror games. So definitely check out his podcast. I'll have a link in the show notes, I think. And I think any last things, I guess we should go to Shelfer Box, shouldn't we? Yep. Let's go to Shelfer Box. Let's go to Shelfer Box. I'll go first. I think it's obvious this is going on the shelf. I love this game when I played it in 2010, 2011. I love this game when I played it in 20, in 2017, 2018. I love this game when I played it in 2020. It's just such a good game. So if you haven't played it, we ruined the story for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but play it. it you, you might even have it for free on Epic because it was free on Epic at least once. That's how I played it. So if you're like me and download the game free every time they show up, you can probably have it on there. Give it a try. I mean, I should have said that at the opening of this episode, which I might fix that. But check it out. It's going on the shelf. I'm so happy you put it on the show and started Spooktober off with a bang. How about you, Mike? As mentioned, it's on Game Pass, too, right now. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, it's definitely going on the shelf. Like I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, my wife and I have been watching Castle, which is Nathan Fillion as a writer. And it always has me excited to, to experience anything else writer-related. And the fact that this is one of those rare games that made me give a shit about the story and the characters is a testament to how much I liked it. So you hear me clapping? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, because it deserved a clap because you don't say that. Rare. Really. Oh, no. no. Like, I hate stories in games more or less because, like, I can't watch movies unless I'm doing something else. Like, usually I'm playing okay. on the Switch or something. Yeah. So the fact that it made me care about the story and what's happening and what's going to happen to these characters, is it's, it's huge for me. And the fact that we never got a sequel kind of sparks that Silent Hill style discussion where, oh, man, it could mean this and maybe this is going to happen. I, I think that's pretty cool. So, yeah, shelf for sure. Definitely. OK. And how about you, Jeff? Yeah, I would I would agree with both of you. I think it definitely goes on the shelf. Um, I've, it was my first time playing it in 2020. And I think it held up today, like compared to any other game I played. Story overall, really good. I mean, running through the forest sucked at some times. <laughs> But overall, I think it's definitely something worth playing if you're like into horror stuff or just like thriller or mystery. Like it, it falls under all those categories and it does a really good job of like just sucking you in with every episode. And it's definitely one of those horror games that's not big on spooks and scares. So if you're a wiener like we are, then it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to notice with this Spooktober, there's nothing really like, yeah, our, our our schedule changed a little bit, and there's not, I mean, there's, there's spooky games, but. That's why we have seven weeks now. We're going for, for quantity over quality of spooks. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, we're playing one of the best spook games ever, Blood Omen 2. I mean, come on now. Mm. Yeah, I know. Another I know. 2002 masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> but that is not next week's game. I'm going to introduce next week's game, because it's my pick, and a, a very, very spooky game for Spooktober. We're playing... <laughs> Luigi's Mansion for GameCube. Oh, God. Yeah, don't put your flashlights away just yet. Yeah, good luck, everyone, playing that. Mm, still good. <laughs> it's still, still good. good. I just beat it this morning. I beat it this. I beat it earlier today. Still good. So, <laughs> Spoiler for next week's episode. 
<laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I'm like, oh, oh well. All right, and I think we should go out with a few plugs. Um, Jeff, since you're the guest, why don't you mention where people can find you about your podcast real quick? Yeah, so yet again, I do a podcast called You Hate to See It with my two friends, Nick and Adam. Uh, it's just a big thing of us just drinking and having a conversation. <laughs> you can find us, and we have guests every once in a while. Mike was on there. Definitely go listen to that episode. It was a good one. It's called uh, Word Nerding Out. Um, you can find us anywhere the podcasts are played at You Hate to See It. You can find us on any social media, also at the same name of You Hate to See It. Twitter, it is at Y-O-U-H-A-2-C-I-T. And yeah, that's my plug. All right. And I want to give an awesome shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney, from his EP, Bite the Bullet song the cool kid squad definitely check him out and it'll be a link in the in the in the show note to his youtube channel I also just did an interview with him recently so that will be up so if you want to hear all about video game music from the guy that's been we've been playing his intro for over a year and a half check that out also i'll give another shout out to n3rd radio there'll be a link in the show notes to a eight hour streaming podcast so if you want to hear that definitely follow the links in the show notes also want to say, if you enjoyed this episode, we do tons of other episodes. We have Spook up, Spooktober episodes from last year to check out. We have tons of regular games. So we have comics. We have movies. We have mini episodes for you to check out. And there'll be more coming at the time you're hearing this. So definitely check those out. And if you like the show, please tell somebody. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Let somebody know how much you enjoy games my mom found. And please follow us on social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Where I'm constantly posting new images of what's upcoming with the show. And I think that's all I need to say. Yeah. So thank you, Jeff, for coming on. And we will see you guys all next time. You're up for a fun Spooktober. Mm, Thanks, for having, Thanks for having me, guys. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, it was fun. Yeah. And bye, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.